Thank you for connecting to this podcast for Faith Renewed. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. Matthew chapter 27. Come on, amen. Matthew chapter 27. And if you're a version Bible app user, as you can go there. Go to the live event section and follow along with this message. Save this, share this, all those cool things that can happen today with technology. And, uh, but Matthew 27, when you got it, say amen. amen. Y'all are quick. Y'all, y'all probably would have won the Bible drill with that one back in the day. Amen. And uh, you might have got a sucker. A little lollipop right out of that. Y'all are good. Matthew chapter 27. Oh, man, before we jump in, let's pray one more time. God, thank you for this word. Thank you for this room. Thank you for our, this place, God, and for what you're doing in it, God. We just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Oh, man, the last seven. We have been in a series called The Last Seven, and uh, today uh, we are finding ourselves in the very middle of the seven. And so three before, three after this one. And so we're right here upon the very middle of the statements. So much you will see today hinges upon what is spoken today. And uh, we'll see so much here. Just in quick review, we've learned that in week one, that Jesus, uh, as he hung upon the cross, he, he declared out and spoke forth the words, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. I mean, he declared that and spoke that forth and showed us a picture of forgiveness. And uh, we see that unfold. And in the second week, we learned that he said, Surely I say to you that today you will be with me in paradise. Amen? That I, I, I believe this, man. When we leave this body, we're in the presence of the Lord. And, and we know that paradise is where Jesus is. And so great debates about where that is, how that happens, what that looks like. New heaven, new earth, this, that. It's where Jesus is. Amen? And, uh, and, and we can be with him. Thank you, Father. And uh, last week, I shared three points with you as Jesus did this, not speaking up to the Father, not speaking across to the criminals who were upon each side of him, but to look down and to see his mother there below him. He, he looked at her and spoke forth his words. He says, woman, behold your son. And he looked at the disciple that he loved named John. He looked at him and he said, Disciple, behold your mother. Powerful words that Jesus spoke. And we, we looked at three things last week. It kind of revealed the heart and nature of Jesus. And so we learned last week that Jesus loves his family. Amen. And uh, we are his family. If we're in Christ and we know him, we are the family of God. And we're, we're his family. And so we see a love here that, again, he's up there for the whole world. But yet he was able to just make it personal to those who were there. And that, the woman who, again, he loved and his mom and he loves his family. Jesus was also, number two, we learned this, that Jesus was able to look past his pain and see someone else's need. Not always easy to do. Amen. Not always easy to do. To, to, we can easily get kind of caught up in our problems and our situation. But Jesus did this. He looked past his pain. He saw the needs that were before him. And in number three, he did this. We saw that Jesus was not only concerned about the next life. Jesus was concerned about the now. He was concerned, again, not just about eternity, which, again, we'll see is why he came. But we also understand this, and I love this about Jesus. And, and if you don't have this Jesus in your life, man, you need to find the right Jesus because this Jesus cares about every detail of your life. 
Come on, he is concerned about everything that you're going through. Not just about your eternity, but what will happen in the meantime. Amen. He wants you healed, whole, blessed, walking in victory until you get there. And so this is the Jesus that I serve. And today we see this hinge right in the middle. We had three before. We will have three after this. And right in the middle of these seven statements, today we hear the words, Matthew 27, verse 45. It says this, Now from the sixth hour, Until the ninth hour, there was darkness over all the land. Man, there's a lot in in these these words today, but over all the land. It just wasn't on Calvary that day. Listen, there was darkness over all the land. Jesus is the light of the world. And uh, amen. And because that light was given his life, amen, we now see darkness fall over the entire world. I mean, wow. And so, again, darkness over all the land. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? If you would, I want you just to turn to the screens for just a short clip from the Passion of the Christ that shows us this scene probably in a far better way than I just said it. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Heavy words spoken by our Lord, and uh, um. I don't believe there's any way to recreate that moment. There's, but again, I think they did a pretty good job in that video. But I hope today that your hearts are open to, this, to all that takes place when Jesus said those words. That's my prayer today, that your heart is, is able to receive because last week we, we see a clear picture of the heart of Jesus himself. And the why he was here and what he did. But today we will see this. We will see, again, not just a picture of his heart, but we will see the purpose for which he came. And he, and he said this, and we learned that in First John, it says that he came to destroy the works of the devil. And so, listen, we see here in this passage that this is the day. This is the way in which Jesus destroys the work of the enemy, and he destroyed the work of the enemy in your life today. If you understand, again, the seriousness of what is spoken by these words. And so I want us to look at today a few things from from these words that Jesus speaks that just kind of stood in my heart as as I prayed this week. Number one is this, is that we see that Jesus fulfilled the promise. Come on, I want you to grab this, because Jesus fulfilled the promise. You have to understand that Jesus wasn't crying out for help, all right? And I, I, I truly believe this is probably one of the most under, uh, misunderstood statements of any that Jesus speaks from the cross. And I, I, Jesus was not in this moment crying out in tragedy and, and, and trying to do this, trying to get out of the situation, 
Right? You, have to, you have to understand that. And I know some people will think, well, he's crying out to God to, to come and to stop him and to save him and to get him out of this situation. Now, listen, that was the purpose for which he came. This is the reason in which he came. So Jesus was doing this. He was not only speaking forth these words. You have to understand even to the detail in which they said how he said it. Because you have to understand that now this is now nearing the ninth hour. This is the end time in which Jesus is now. He had been there now for six hours, and it's at the end of the time that he's now speaking forth and declaring with a loud voice. Because if you understand crucifixion, you have to understand that, that, that it, was, it was so many ways in which they would die or could die. Many died before they even got there because of what happened prior to on the whipping post. But listen, because of what Jesus did, he got upon the cross and they would die in many ways because they could not breathe. And because as they hung upon the cross, and it's just, again, it's just what it is. It ain't pretty, but it's what it is. As they would hang there. All the weight coming down upon the nails and the, and the pain in which they suffered, they would have to, I would read that they would have to kind of push themselves up, grab hold of just enough breath to kind of get some words out. Jesus didn't whisper this out with just a, just a little faint of breath in his lungs. Jesus cried out with a loud voice, and he opened up his mouth, and with full clarity, with full understanding of his mind, with full capacity in his lungs, he declared forth these words, unless you have to understand, he wasn't trying to get out of the situation. This is why he came. And he's saying some words here that, if you don't understand, that this, we miss it because, listen, Jesus is saying this, I am fulfilling the promise. If, if you look at Psalms 22, which is a, a psalm, and we're going to just hit some verses real quickly in it. In Psalms 22, this would be a passage that they would understand, those who have been around and who understand church and understand the temple and understand worship. They understood the words in which Jesus was saying. All right, he, And he, he declares something. In Psalms 22, we will see that this is a messianic prophecy. It is a, it is a word that is spoken forth a thousand years before Jesus gets on the cross. Now, now listen, the, the, it, it was in those words that were spoken in Psalms 22, we see now a, the fulfillment of the prophecy through the promise of Jesus. And so Jesus stands up there, and he's, he's, he's suspended between heaven and earth. And in, 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 in Psalms 22.1, this is what it says. You can follow along. He says in Psalms 22.1, David wrote this again thousand years before he was crucified. He says this. He says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, if you, if, it's easy to think, well, maybe again, he was just crying out like David was crying out. They were both just kind of hurting and struggling. This is, no, 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 no. I know there's a lot going on here because he goes on to speak, and, and you can read this, and these are in your notes. Psalms 22, 1, he says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? As he spoke forth those words, those who understood the Scripture had to kind of open up their ears and eyes. Even one of, we know a few weeks ago, even one of those guards kind of come to the place where he looked up and said, Surely this is him. So this, this, this stirs up something in our hearts. I was reading one, one study upon this, and it says that those words were so familiar that it would be like us if I said, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that So as he said those words, he didn't have to go through and say the whole chapter. He had to start it. 
And he said these words. He spoke forth these words. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But just look at Psalms 22. We've got to go quick. Verse 7, it says this. It says, all those who see me ridicule me. They shoot out the lip. They shake the head saying, he trusted in the Lord. Let him rescue him. Let him deliver him since he delights in him. Hear this? We just studied this. We just saw this a couple weeks ago. They're looking up at Jesus on the cross saying, save yourself. Come on, if you ask who you think you are, we saw, we saw one of the thieves say it a couple weeks ago. Go ahead, save yourselves. And again, this is happening. Every fulfillment of this is taking place. Verse 16, for dogs have surrounded me. The congregation of the wicked has enclosed me. They pierce my hands and my feet. Before Roman crucifixion, I didn't even resist it. This is speaking forth that this is going to take place. And we go on and we see this in every one of these things being fulfilled. Psalms 22, 18. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. What? Come on. And Jesus, suspended between heaven and earth, is saying, today's the day. That this is the time. This promise is now being fulfilled. This prophecy which was spoken, and we see Jesus do stuff like this often, and he's pretty awesome when he does it. We saw him walk into a temple one time, open up a scroll, and go to Isaiah 6. He sit down and talk about, listen, he came to heal the broken heart, set a liberty to the captive, all this kind of stuff. And then he's like, lays it down, said, today this is fulfilled in your hearing. Sits down, drops a mic, and just like, you know, today's the day. This is fulfilled. You know what Jesus is doing again? Speaking and declaring forth and fulfilling the promises and, and declaring the things of which he came. Now listen, it's wild because you have to keep reading. If you get down to like 27 and 28 of Psalms, you start finding this, that the prophecy, the fulfillment of all this has not yet been totally fulfilled. You know something? We get to be a part of this. Listen to what he says. He says that the ends of the world shall remember and turn to the Lord and all the families of the nations shall worship before you. For the kingdom is the Lord's and he rules over the nations. You understand now, we get to be a part of this, of being a part of creating an environment of worship, ushering in this second coming of Jesus. We get to be a part of this today, and Jesus is saying this as he spoke forth over and over through Scripture, and he said, I am, I am, I am. You know what he's saying here? I am that promise. I am the fulfillment of that prophecy. I am the fulfillment of Psalms 22. It's taking place today. What you read about today is being, is being fulfilled in front of your very eyes. And Jesus fulfilled the promise. Let's keep going. Number two, Jesus became, he became sin for us. He became sin for us. Jesus, again, now we see for the very first time in eternity, begin because Christ has always been. He from, from, from timeless before and until the very end. He's Alpha, Omega, beginning and the end. And so before all these things, now we see something for the very first time. We see now that Jesus has to understand and see the, the wrath of the Father now just kind of actually appearing right before him and seeing this unfold and, and then being the experience of this as he dies upon a cross, as he is now getting ready to take upon all of our sins. This is what Jesus does for us. He became sin for us. 
Now, th- this is, again, this, this has wrecked me this week and just destroyed me because, listen, you have to understand about Jesus. He never sinned. It could not sin. But this is what he did. He became it for us. And so I, I, I don't know if you can understand it. If you're, if, like, if, you're, if you're saved, man, if you like know Jesus, you have a relationship with the Father and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm going to be honest with you, it should, it should trouble you to sin. It should trouble you to sin. And that's a great indicator of your heart. It's a great indicator of where you're at with Christ. Because, listen, I mean, there have been times, man, and now as a grown man and, and, and preaching and pastor and doing this thing for a while, you know, man, that I'll begin to want to go or say or do or something kind of come. And the Holy Spirit's like, you, you kidding me, right? You serious? You about to, you're going to go ahead and say that. Or you, or you just went ahead and said that. Or you actually thought that. That actually came in. Are you kidding me right now? You didn't bring that thought captive. You, you seriously, because you know better. Now listen, if, if you have the Holy Spirit in you, they will do that to you. Be very concerned right now if you're living in sin, if you're doing things. And, and listen, if it's not some form of conviction happening in your life, if, if the Spirit of God is not gripping your heart, be very concerned about that. Now think about this. Think about Jesus. Did not sin. And now in the place of sin, now taking upon all of these things, he cries out to the Father. He's bearing this load. And it's just like, it's just just a conviction of just one thing in your heart. As you begin to go a certain direction, just imagine that. Again, we're not talking about the condemnation. We're not talking about those types of things. But he was condemned for us. He was chastised for us. He took upon all of this for us. And in just one level, the conviction of the Holy Spirit... And we're seeing him doing this, becoming this for us. And, you, and this is what we see. We understand like 2 Corinthians like 5 is like a, a cool verse, man. You know, you can, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it's got some good stuff. And it's like you read that, study that, there's just some really incredible stuff. I just want to pull out just a little bit of that. Verse 17, it says this. It says, therefore, if, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. This is incredible. Think about this. This is what we talk about. This is so good. Now, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now, this is it gets cool. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Now, this is, this is what's happening on the cross. Now, you're seeing this fulfill. This is what it says. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. Come on. That's why he did this. Listen, he took upon your sin. He did not sin, but he took upon every weight of it. He became this now for us. And it is, it is just amazing. Now we see now for the first time that now we're having to see the father having to forsake the son because he is unable to look upon sin. 
And this is what we have to understand about how good this is. Because he had to turn away from the Son because of sin. He can look upon you today because of the Son. And because of the Son taking upon your sin. And that right now, man, you've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. This is so good. He said this, and he did this. He became this. We just sung Galatians 3 just a little while ago. I don't even know if y'all knew this. Listen, we were just singing this while ago. Listen to Galatians 3.13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us, it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs upon the tree. We just sung that. It was upon him. It was upon Jesus when he, when he was nailed to the cross. And, and now we see him in the anguish and the pain and the suffering and the hurting and all that he's going through. Listen, he's not, I don't believe in any form or fashion crying out just because of the pain in his body. He's crying out because of the pain of the Father now having to look away from him. Because they had been one throughout. I'm the Father in one. I don't, if, if you hear me say it, he said it. If you, hear, if you see me do it, he's did it, he's done it. It's like, man, we're rocking, man, we're rolling, we're one. But this is what Christ does for us. He became sin for us. Third and final this morning is Jesus was forsaken. So we can be forgiven. Come on, man. The physical pain wasn't the biggest sacrifice that Jesus made that day. Listen, it's because now he's coming and he is being separated from the Father. He is having to be, now have the Father look away from him. Even this word forsaken, listen to what this means. It means that to be abandoned or deserted. And Jesus does this for us. He is taken upon all this. And, and there's, I don't know, like, try to talk, talk down against like other doctrines or people think, but again, if they're like not biblical, we need to make sure we understand the, the, what's really true from Scripture. And, and, and they'll say things like, man, you're like, Jesus went to like a, this physical burning hell for us for three days or whatever. That's not the Bible. It's not true. And, and again, it's just a misunderstanding of, of Scripture, even those words. And again, the word Sheol in the, in the Old Testament, Hebrew, translated from the Greek, becoming Hades. And, and it's not that burning place. Nobody experienced that yet. There's going to be a time and a place, and it's prepared for Satan and his angels and never was prepared for you, so you ain't supposed to go there. You know, that's, that's, not, that's not the plan. We go there and we reject the Father. And so Jesus did this. Jesus did this. Jesus was forsaken so we could be forgiven. And so this is what happened to Jesus. I don't believe, again, we see him going to this like physical burning hell, but we see the existence of it. You talking about hell on earth? Jesus suffered it. Jesus fulfilled it. Look at just a few of the things that we see now just from the story. We understand now, again, this is how this works. This is going to be hell. This is what this looks like. And now, again, Jesus was in this place of darkness. To my hell, that's hell, being in a place of darkness. Though no light, the light leaves you. And we understand that in heaven, man, the sun is the light, man. And there's no darkness, no shadow turning there. It's light all the time, man, because of the goodness of God. And so now we see this darkness over all the land. It's hell. We see it here again. The second thing we can see is this, that you hear him crying out. It's hell. Can't wait to cry out to God. Cry out to him now. And and the third thing, and again, it's it's heartbreaking, but it's true. Father doesn't answer. Jesus suffered that. 
He suffered hell on earth. He suffered darkness and separation. And he suffered again of crying out and opening up his heart. And why? He was forsaken. So you can be forgiven. So if you're sitting here this morning, you're like, man, I don't know if he can forgive me of what I've done. Listen, he took all of that and became that for you and me. Jesus became the sin offering. He became this for us. And listen, this is the good news today. This is what I love about Jesus. And this is so good, so good about this story. Listen, that he was forsaken so that today we never have to be forsaken. He never forsakes us. Had this conversation this week. Listen, you understand this, how serious this is? That he's never and never will forsake you? He, he can't do it because, listen, Jesus was already forsaken for us. And so, listen, this is what Christ has done for us. He, was, he took upon all the sin, all the shame. In Hebrews 13, verse 5 and verse 6, listen to what it says. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake. So, so listen, so we can do what Jesus says. L- let's keep reading. Listen, with a loud voice. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do to me. Come on, listen, listen. He cannot forsake us. Now today, we forsake Him. We turn our backs on Him. Because listen, today the Father has already listened through what Jesus did. Has put us in a position that to never leave us, never forsake us. As the worship team comes, I want you to stand, please. And, and I want you to do this right where you stand. Just immediately go to a place of prayer in your heart. Just immediately close your eyes quickly as you can get in this position to do this today. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, man. Just close your eyes for a moment. And I want you to see this again. Just let the Holy Spirit just put this upon your heart today. You saw this, you've heard this straight from Scripture. You saw this on the screen. But let now Jesus do this. Let him write it on your heart. That's what he says for us now. This is written on our hearts. Today, let him write this on your heart. Let, let him place this now within your heart. That Jesus did this for you. He became sin for you. Oh, man. He fulfilled the promise. You have to understand, it's not, this is not like, this is not future stuff here we're talking about. It's not like maybe one day, man, Jesus is going to do this. Jesus has already done it. He's already done it. Just wait till you hear it is finished. That's gonna get, it's going to get serious then. It's accomplished. That's what he says. Listen, it's already done. Prophesied a thousand years before he came. He said, I'm fulfilling this today. And some of us are right now what, going, man, you know, what if he can get me through this situation? Are you serious? Come on, think for a moment, man. Look at what he did. Fulfilled it. 
Jesus has done this for us. He became sin offering. And some of y'all are fighting and battling and struggling with sin. And you don't have to. Jesus became that so you could become righteous. And so you do this. You, you accept him. And so that when the Father looks down from heaven, he don't see your sin. He sees the Son. Come on. So you have to get in Christ, get up underneath him and, 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 and trust him. And he was forsaken, forsaken, deserted by the Father. Had to be tur- looked away upon. They couldn't, couldn't see this. He was forsaken for your forgiveness. Listen, don't today miss out on the grace and the love of God that can only come through what the Son did for you. So, God, we thank you right now, Jesus. For the freedom now that's in this place. And we can be set free from every bondage and every stronghold today because of what was done upon the cross, God. God, that with great assurance and and, and faith in our hearts, Lord, believe that even as we prayed earlier, God, that you are breaking generational curses and you are breaking strongholds and, and things that may be placed upon bodies and minds and hearts and spirits. Because you were forsaken, God, we can be free. Because, Lord, because of what was done upon the cross by your Son, God, we have today victory. God, we thank you for it, Jesus. Oh, man. How about you? Those words mean more to me now than what they've ever meant before. I hope today you've opened your hearts to the Holy Spirit, to these words today, to to see what Christ did for you. And it starts this today. It starts with you receiving that, opening your hearts to that today. And I want you to see this today, that, that, listen, if you were the only one, if you... You, one, one, just you, the individual person right now that, that, that's who's hearing this. Jesus would have became that sin offering just for you. I read this this week and I've sat and I've cried and I've just read it over and over. It just became more and more real to my heart. He did it for me. He did this for me. It will change your worship. It will change your giving. It will change your service to Him. If you've come into this place today, you're like, man, I'm already a Christian today. I'm just coming hanging out, doing my due diligence. You're missing this. You're missing this. This year I'm going to celebrate 40 years of being a Christian. 40 years. Save when I was nine years old. I'm going to celebrate 40 years. And this is becoming more real to me today than it was 40 years ago. It's becoming more real to me today. Listen, if we ever get to the place, listen, where the, the gospel, we think we've outgrown that, listen, you don't understand the gospel. You have missed it. 
You don't see this. If you, if you think, listen, but, that Jesus cried out and did this 2,000 years ago just, for, just because, listen, for somebody else, and you don't see it, that he did it for you? Listen, it has become personal right now in your heart. If you've been saved 40 years, 40 days, or if you're about to get saved within the next four minutes, it has to become real in you, for you, that Jesus did this for me. You lay pride aside when you realize this. You lay aside my, well, I get to do this because, listen, I'm, I have the liberties to do. Listen, you lay it aside when you see that Jesus got on the cross and became sin for you. If you're thankful for that day, I want you to do this. I just want you to get out of your seat. I want you to come to this altar just as quick as you can. And I want us to close out this service and worship to the Father. I want us to cry out to the Lord and worship in thanksgiving. He was forsaken <laughs> so we could be forgiven. He became sin so that we could we could be free from this. And I haven't done this throughout this whole service, but I want everybody who physically can just to move if you can and just step out. And I want you to come today. Listen, if you're thankful for this, if you're thankful for what Christ did for you, step out. If you're right now, listen, if you haven't surrendered your life to Christ, please understand this. If you were the only one, if you were the only one, you would have still done it. Come on, let that get into your hearts today. This this will transform us. This will shape us. God, thank you. If you haven't surrendered your life to the Lord right now in this moment, I want you to do this. Just, to, just call it to Him. Thank Him for what He did. Call upon the name of the Lord. Confess with your mouth. Believe in your heart that Jesus did this for you, that, that he, he got on that cross for you, that He died for you, He resurrected for you, He's coming again for you. Make it personal. <laughs> oh, man. And I, I promise you this. Listen. If, if, if the Lord may take you back to years ago, to that place where, where you met him, let him take you there right now. I remember being nine years old, sitting on, on my couch. Had already been in church nine years, ten years. We never missed, even when mom was pregnant. For ten years, man, I already been in church. And that day, heard the gospel presented. Got out of my couch and I kneeled down beside him. My, my father got out of the recliner. He came over beside me. Placed his hand on me. And he led me to Jesus. I'm more thankful for it today. I have a greater understanding today just what took place in that moment. He was forsaken so you could be forgiven. So lay aside the pride. Lay aside anything today that the enemy's trying to use against to pull you away from what Christ has done for you. 
Hosanna ministers in song. Listen, they're just going to be just a release of his, God's spirit in this house right now. There's going to be an understanding and a release right now, a revelation of the cross unfold in your hearts and in your lives. That you're going to see this. You're going to understand those seven statements in a way you've never understood before. It's going to become more real to you. And it's not just going to change right now. Listen, just what happens in this moment. It's going to change everything that happens from this day forward. From this day forward. That he became sin so you can walk in freedom from it. So just spend this time with Christ right now. Spend this time with the Lord. This has been a podcast of Pastor Terry Rogers brought to you by Faith Renewed. For more information about us, please visit faithrenewed.org. For questions, feel free to contact us via email at info at faithrenewed.org.